being a boss is a skill. The reason your boss yells at you for not doing your job is because that means that he's not doing his job. I don't think very many kids watch The Lion King as a kid and go, man, I want to be Pumbaa. The relationship between workers and their bosses is very similar to the relationship between renters and their landlords. Philosophers. Philosophers. And David, what are we talking about today? We're going to talk about everyone's favorite thing, which is actually what I said last week. <laughs> Come to think of it. That should just be And our, it's we... also kind of the same thing. Uh, we're going to talk about being in charge. What did we talk about last week? Uh, career politicians. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> leadership. Yes. Leadership is the topic this time. What is? <laughs> I can't bite that off. That's too good. I wish I was smart enough to have thought of that. It's a really good intro to everything. Um, but yeah. So leadership. What is it? Why are there seminars about it? Um, oh, God. Yeah. Where does oh, no. one where does one go to get a degree in leadership? I hate this topic already. Yeah. Let's get into it. Yep. <laughs> so leadership. Leadership. Uh I suppose we should consult the dictionary. We should. Maybe we shouldn't, but uh, I'm doing it anyway. We'll see if a leader wrote this definition. <laughs> American Heritage Dictionary. Leadership, uh, the person or office of a leader. Okay, that's okay. <laughs> Capacity or ability to lead. A group of leaders, guidance or direction. What does it mean to lead? Then I guess is the next question, which I think this one's getting a little more obvious, but there might be some interesting definitions that aren't like, I lead you to the fountain, but I could not make you drink. Doesn't sound like a very good leader to me. <laughs> to show the way. What? Okay, this is weirdly phrased. To show the way to by going in advance. <laughs> to guide or direct in a course. To serve as a route. Okay. To direct the performance or activities of. To inspire the conduct of. To play a principal or guiding role in. To be the foremost in or among. Things like that. You know, that's actually a good set of definitions because I feel like all of those things get conflated, but they mean very different things. Yes leadership so i think most people know what leadership means one way or the other um your boss probably talks a lot about how good of a leader they are and like their leadership style those are things that people talk about in a professional setting a lot um if you're a member of any kind of organization like the boy scouts or such as a child you know there's always talks about that kind of thing i don't know about you oh what are there i don't know were you any were you in any organizations or did you not pay as attention? a child no oh, okay um yes a, a lot of the time things like that i feel like are marketed that way um Like I'm trying to go back in my mind what clubs I was a member I was a member of as a child, like things that my parents enrolled me in, uh, sports. But they all often talked about like, you know, in sports it helps make you better. At, I, you know, now that I think about it, most most <laughs> of the things we put kids in, the two main things are teamwork and leadership. Like those are the two main things. Teamwork is a big one, yeah. 
but every good team has a leader. Like, I think that's the, the next thing. At least that's how they're marketed to parents because uh-huh. parents think it's very important. Some parents think that it's very, very important that their kids learn those trades. Teamwork, I get. Well, yes, that's important. Yeah. Because that does not really come naturally, especially to kids. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's weird. Well, yeah. I don't know. Clicking is natural. Mm-hmm. We will we will tribe very easily, but that does not mean we will work well together. Right. That's the thing. We will group, but we may not coordinate. Coordination is not natural, but just grouping is natural, I think. Yeah, grouping. Yeah, grouping very natural. But, well, the other thing about teamwork, yeah, is... Yeah, it's it's the coordination, but also, like... Okay, okay this also might just be a cultural thing. But, okay. at least in our culture, kids love to be the center of attention, right? So... Teaching kids teamwork is also about teaching kids to be okay giving up the spotlight to so that your team can achieve something greater. Yeah. You you can you can share a spotlight together or none of you will have the spotlight. At least that's how it was in competitive type events like sports. Right. Yeah, if you try if you try to make it about you, you'll lose. Yeah. And that's a valuable lesson. Um but those definitions of leadership, I think, are important because we often think about, well, let's go straight to the professional setting, right? There's like this mentality, I think, that gets brought around a lot where if you do really good at your job, you should be in charge, right? And if you think about those definitions, the one who finds the way by going before or the one who is the best in their field, like if someone says the leaders in their field, what they really mean is that if you were to put them on a leader board and rank them, the best would be at the top, right? But we also use the same word for the person in charge. They lead the group towards the common goal. And so I don't know if it's a quirk of the language, but those two things get conflated a lot. But often, I think a lot of people's frustration with their management or leadership um, comes from ineptitude, like, you will get to a point where you are better at your boss at your job. Mm-hmm. And then you become frustrated when they ask you to do things that you would not do if you had your choice and you would have done some other way. And you think that you know better. Right. My boss told me to do it the stupid way. Mm-hmm. I know better. And he's never even worked this job before. He's, you know, yeah. he's just going by the book or whatever. Right. And I've seen Unless it in you know. Yeah, well, I've seen it in everything from, quote, low-skilled occupations like, you know, let's take a Waffle House, for example. I was going to say, yeah, being a, a fry cook, yeah. Yeah. The best fry cook in there, you know, may have issues with how the restaurant manager does things. Because the restaurant manager might tell him, you know, you need to do this. Like, you need to prepare more whatever to not before the dinner service tonight and the guy's like why would i do that it's gonna go bad you don't know what you're talking about i should be doing your job something to that effect um and i think when people think about promoting up a corporate ladder a lot of people get kind of upset when they work really hard and do a really good job and then don't get promoted especially because salaries tend to be tied to promotions 
certain exceptions. Sure. But those exceptions usually come in areas where the job is already high paying, mm-hmm. like engineering, right? Yep. If you're an engineer, you're already making a lot of money and your project manager is probably making less than you because he's not an engineer. Because if he were an engineer, well, he'd be one of the engineers on the team. <laughs> yeah, let me just clear that up for you. They do make less than you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, for most folks, yeah, like in a in a restaurant or something like that, yeah, your manager probably makes more than you. Right. Or but a then, factory or something like that. Right. Um, so yeah, I think that might be where some of the conflation comes from in that way. Um, but some people also say that leadership in and of itself is a skill. I agree. I think that it is. Um, but a lot of people would argue that it's just about, you know, if you are the best at doing what you're doing, then you should have the ability to lead the others who would be doing that and tell them what to do. And I don't know. I think there's, there's a gray area. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. I think it depends on what it is or how far, what, what does it mean? Like, what do you mean when you say be in charge? You know, uh, let's take your engineering example. I do think it makes a lot more sense to have the principal engineer, usually the highest paid engineer in a given in pursuing of a common task, a project or whatever. Yeah. They, they probably should have the ability to tell the others what to do when it comes to like how they're going to do their jobs. Cause they're all essentially doing the same. They're all contributing to the same aspect of the project. Yes. And I think, I think that's where we get into the, the distinction between a boss and a leader, right? So the, the senior engineer is a leader right he's doing the job and he has more experience than everyone else on the job presumably um and or at least more skill maybe um and is and is in a position to be advising others on how to do their job whereas a manager of such a team of engineers does not have the engineering experience or knowledge and only knows how to you know make sure how how to track whether deadlines are being met essentially um and how much it's costing every day that you keep working on this thing um he's a boss he's telling people what to do without Mm. being an advisor right and so i would say being a boss is a skill sounds like a 90s phrase that you put on a t-shirt being a boss it's a skill it's a skill (laughs) (laughs) um big arrow pointing to your face yep (laughs) i could sell so many classes about this (laughs) oh no we're not going there again no um but being a leader also in a roundabout way is a skill but it's about what leading about what what skill group are you leading in that case and then that was be the skill that you want to improve but it's confusing i think because a lot of people will get into a career right they'll pick a they'll pick a discipline of some type and they'll start doing that thing. And then over time, they will eventually, you'll, you'll hit the point where you get to that principal position. And you think, where do you go from here? Because you look up and it's the boss. How do I come, how do I become the boss? And that's, I think, crossing that Rubicon is a lot harder for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can happen earlier in your career. You don't necessarily need to be the best at your job first to switch. And I think that's the other thing too. And I think, you know, I don't know if we want to bring this into this discussion, but like it depends on what you're trying to do. But generally speaking, most people are chasing more money. I want to be paid more for my time. 
And so what is the fastest way to get paid the most for my time? You know, or yeah. And so people will often be looking at that and not realize that there's a whole other set of things, right? You know, you, you think of it like this. I'm good at managing my, I'm good at doing my job. And if I'm the best at doing my job, then I should be able to tell other people that are doing what I'm doing right now what to do. So that's like, you know, if you think about an engineering team, you may have like electrical engineers and mechanical engineers, we'll say. So you become the best electrical engineer. So now you're supervising the electrical engineering team, right? That's that's one of those rungs on the corporate ladder you'll hear, right. supervisor. Um, sure. And then after a while, you know, you, you're the best at supervising you know, you're better at supervising your electrical engineers than the mechanical engineers are supervising their engineers. And so eventually like, well, why don't I just become the, you know, the principal engineer and I may have an electrical background, but I'm really not advising the mechanical engineers directly. I'm more making sure that the mechanical engineering supervisor is doing his job and the new electrical super electrical engineering supervisor is doing their job. But now you just change jobs completely. Now you're not engineering, you're managing but you're still doing, but it's still very discipline focused because how can you verify that they are in fact doing their jobs? Right. You're the expert manager. Yes. Yeah. And then, so it, you did kind of make a jump there. And then when it says, okay, well now there's a bunch of like biz BAs on the account, you know, business administ business analyst types, you know, non engineers, kind of technician type folks that deal with the, whatever you're working with, but they're not engineers. You know, you, you keep going up and, at some point you kind of cross over to where your job stops being, you don't necessarily need all of the information. You don't need all of the information that you have to do everyone's job. You don't need to be able to drop in and replace anybody really, but you need to be able to deal with people. And that's what it becomes more, more about. I think at that point, like, being a boss is a lot more about personal relationship management than it is whatever the people are doing. Like I would argue a good boss could lead a project about anything, even something they're not disciplined in and could still do a decent job. If you're a good, if you have a good enough, we'll say management skills or people management skills, it doesn't really matter what the people are doing. Although it helps, you know, for sure to have some knowledge about the subject at hand. Um, you don't absolutely need to. And I think this is where you start seeing these C-level folks that realistically aren't even managing the people in the company so much as they are, they're, they're people manager managers, which is they're trying to find other people who can do a good job leading other people so that they can go do other things to, to go on from there. And then at that point, you're kind of at the top where once you're managing people managers and you can just stuff as many layers of people manager in there as you want before you get to the actual people doing the job, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, at some point I think you kind of cross over into how do you, how do you get to the point where you can ask someone to do something and they will just do it. And you would think it's as easy as pay them, but it's not that simple. I don't think. I don't know. I mean, have you, have you ever led some organization of volunteers? Oh, well, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's the, the, if you can't do that, it does, it's not because you're not paying them. In my opinion, I, I've done both. And if you cannot 
take a bunch of people who all want to do something or on paper, at least want to do something and get them to work together to do it. Paying them is not going to fix the problem. Like, I think a lot of people who do volunteering think, man, if I could just pay these people, I could get them to do what I want them to do. No, I don't think so. Hmm. I, I personally don't think so. Having done both. Um, and that's where I think the skill of leadership lies is ultimately getting people to just do what you want them to do and them not telling you no. As weird as that sounds mm -hmm. like it sounds super manipulative and honestly, it kind of is, it kind of is. Um, but that's what, that's what leaders are paid for. They're paid to manipulate people to do what whoever's paying the manipulator to ultimately achieve. Um, I think in the most positive form of this, you have this idea of like the inspiring leader type of person that like they get you to want to do the thing that you, they want you to do without having to ask. Like, I think that's the ideal case is that, you know, they're helping you. It's a mutually beneficial relationship and that's where paying people kind of helps, mm -hmm. you know, but you can never pay people enough. That's the truth. Um, people will always want more money. And uh, I don't know about you, but like, how long does feeling good about a raise? How long is that? How, how does that feel? Like you get a raise, you get a good raise, like a 10% raise. How long are you happy about that raise? Next couple of paychecks. Next couple paychecks. And then your expenses catch up. And then, man, it'd be nice if I got a raise, you know. Um, and ultimately, that's, I think, the glue that keeps a lot of organizations together. And if you're wondering, like, well, why is my boss the boss? Well, because you still showed up to work that day, realistically. Mm -hmm. You still showed up. You still did what you were supposed to do. Boss is doing all right. Boss is, yeah. His job performance or her job performance is entirely related to you doing your job. And if you want to make your, and you can't. Yeah, they are measured in their underlings performance. Yes. Not because they don't really have performance necessarily of their own to speak of. They don't, they're not doing anything directly. They're indirectly doing things. And so if you really want to see your boss squirm, stop doing your job. But yeah, the reason your boss yells at you for not doing your job is because that means that he's not doing his job. Yep. <laughs> and, and then he's going to get fired too if he can't get you to do anything. Absolutely. Well, it's just like I, I used to say, like, I feel like the best thing you can do sometimes if you wanted to like really make sure that you had a bunch of people doing what they're supposed to do, hire one con person, hire one ghoster, like one person who absolutely doesn't want to do any work. They just want to get paid and go home. That person will absolutely flip on every other person like that to save themselves. And so you always got to keep one around. <laughs> that's your mole. That's that's your bird dog. That's the one that like, like they know all the tricks, you know, and uh, they will, they will help you sniff out the other the one who's been on the most group projects in school. Oh yeah. That guy. <laughs> you need one and, and pay him to do nothing. Like literally just, his entire job is, and you know, making sure that, and honestly, those people make some of the best air quote leaders because they know they, they keep everybody else honest Well, because they don't want to do it themselves. Because they, they'll do anything, but their job exactly <laughs> up to and including getting other people to do it for them. 
you know? And I think that just, I think there's something about that that just absolutely puts the screws to the honest, hardworking folk. They hate that so much. And I can't blame them. It does suck to know that you're busting tail so that the guy above you can have a job too. Because, you know, if you all would just do your jobs without that person, that's... It would be all right for everybody, yeah. Yeah, and there's more money because that person's making a salary, usually more than you for some reason. I I think that's starting to disappear. Um, Or maybe it just always wasn't always a thing. Um, But I feel like for a long time, there was just this mentality that the higher up in the org you were title-wise, the more you needed to get paid because it was Mm -hmm. weird for a boss to make less than a subordinate. Right, but when the boss's job is just getting people to do stuff... Why? Yeah, why do they need to make more? Like, if it... Yeah, there's... Well, it's supply and demand, right? There's a big supply of people who can get other people to to do stuff. So why should we pay you more? We can just go find... Like, labor market is going to do its thing. Yeah, imagine being the project manager at, like, NASA. Or whatever. Like, some very, like, niche skill. We need aeronautics people. Like, some place that's full of geniuses and you're a manager. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know you're not going to make as much and you're still okay with that. Because you're really... You're not doing the hard thing. When Apollo 13 has a problem, you're not going to be the one to solve it. (laughs) Like, no one expects you to. Right. But the guys down there on the floor, yeah, they've got to figure that out. Right. And, they're sweating. And your job's to make sure that they figure it out, hopefully, but you have no idea um, if they actually. Well, realistically, can. in that particular case, you've already done your job because they got Apollo 13 done on time. <laughs> it's like, I don't know why you're calling me. Uh, I, I was only supposed to get the rocket into space. I don't know what you want. Like, right. This is customer support now. <laughs> customer support. <laughs> Now I want to remake the entire Paul 13 movie from the perspective of customer support. Uh, Houston, we got a problem. All right, let me pull that ticket up. And what is your last name, sir? How do uh, we get the worst hold music ever? Yes. Hold music through space. Yeah, hold music on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be so funny. God, I'm writing that. I need to write that down. Hold on. <laughs> Uh, so how do you get people to do something? Uh, actually, before we go there, we I think this was the thing that originally wanted us to get on the topic. I think the thing that made us decide we wanted to do this topic is I said something to the tune of most parents, I feel like, want their kids to have those skills or be exposed to that skill set, mm-hmm. leadership skills. And I totally based that off my personal experience. Okay. That was the thing that made you go, we need to do this topic. So you, I think, had some sense about that. Well, okay. The thing that made me say we should do this topic is you said something about, like, kids want to be the leader. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yes. And so my comment about that is that I think that comes from the dynamic. Okay. In our society, the relationships that kids have are with other kids who are worthless like they are. And with adults who tell them what to do, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. So, and like, and this is the thing, like, you'll hear people say all the time, oh, when I was a kid, I wished uh, nothing more than to just be an adult already. And that's because they were tired of people telling them what to do. Yep. Right. That's the thing. No one likes being told what to do. Um, and so kids want to be the leader, not because they actually know what being a leader entails, but because they're tired of being told what to do and they want to be the boss now. Um 
but it's an uninformed desire yeah well i think yeah well look at the media and this may be a western thing like look at the media consumed by children um or even better let's use a gaming analogy perhaps you're familiar with what an western rpg is or just an rpg yeah an rpg a role-playing game yes what is the difference between a western rpg and a jrpg because there's a huge there's one very big difference yeah i okay I've heard many different opinions about the difference between JRPGs and Western RPGs, but I think the one that you are thinking of is that JRPGs normally, like, you are you don't play as the main character. Exactly. Yeah. You are helping the main character. Right. But you're not the main character. And I think if you look at a lot of what defines Western media, everyone you follow the story of the main character and right. the main character usually ends up as a leader of some kind, right? Um, the lion King main character, Simba, Simba, who, Oh, you know, heir to the throne, right? Prince. Yeah. Prince who ends up, whose dad ends up getting killed and deposed by his uncle, but and he blows off that responsibility. But in the end it's, he's called back to that because that's his role in life is to be the leader and everyone's like no i don't think anyone watches the i don't think very many kids watch the lion king as a kid and go man i want to be pumbaa like you know what i mean like right no simba they become teenagers before they realize they want to be pumbaa exactly (laughs) um you know cars lightning mcqueen main character nobody wants to be mater no kid wants to be mater right you know and and all that i think that's part of also where it comes from but i don't think that like the media is what makes us that way the media if anything art is a uh just a token of its time you know uh or product of its environment um yes and i think that's part of where it imitates life yeah yeah art imitates life and so because we are so main character individually centric well, what's the fastest way to be able to not have anyone tell you what to do? Be the person telling other people what to do. Yeah. Or at least that's, I think, the naive look at it. Because, well, what happens when you get older? Why why all of a sudden when you become an adult or a teenager do you're like, you know, Pumbaa had it all right. You know, like, <laughs> him and Timon, like, they, that, was a, that would have been a good life to have, you know? Like, you know, or the, or the parrot, what was the, or the, the bird? Zazu. Zazu, yeah. Zazu had a great life, even though he was a part of the tyrannical regime for a while. Like, why not be Zazu? You know, middle-level manager. <laughs> like, um, and I think it's because you figure out that uh, being the leader, A, is not all that important. B, it's not all it's cut out to be. And C, you can also say no and not be the leader. You can mm-hmm. just not let people tell you what to do. Yep, without being in charge. I think that's really what it is, you know. Um, although it is kind of shocking to me how many people don't realize that. Yeah. Um, I showed you some YouTube shorts uh, the other day, the construction worker ones, the last uh, yes. time we were here. And uh, to summarize it, because I'm not going to play it here, um, <laughs> it's, it's a guy playing two different construction workers arguing about which one of them works harder and by the and it starts out competing with each other for the image of being the harder worker yeah right and it starts out with things like you ain't missed anything 
And then the guy's like, I've missed everything. What are you talking about? I was like, I missed my daughter's wedding because I was working. Right. And it's just all these life events that people want to be a part of, but saying I missed it because I was working harder. Yeah. And then it, it, turned... it escalates to the, 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 the punchline. Yes. Which is how much money their bosses are making. Like my, I made my boss, you know, $10 million because I was working or whatever. Because I was working. My boss is in Mexico at the villa right now because I'm here working <laughs> like and that's the punchline um is, is, yeah yeah and what are you doing yeah and that is such a true thing yes and i know so many people who are well I, growing up i knew them more who are in their 40s 50s even 60s who take so much pride in making someone else money mm-hmm I am the best cog. And it makes me sick. Like, <laughs> I just want to vomit. Like It does make me feel bad also, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, that being said, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be the best at your craft. That's not what I'm upset about. But if you're doing it for someone else and still don't realize your value, that's when it gets really like... Yikes. Yeah, like... The, yeah, and... There, there's all yeah there's nothing wrong with putting in like extra hours and stuff like that to, to get something done uh better right um you know and and even making the company more money but you should be seeking out your compensation for having done that also like that's the thing like yeah you shouldn't just volunteer for overtime uh to make the company more money and you don't see anything from it yeah yeah, because that you are you're just volunteering your time to make other people richer. Yep. <laughs> well, and like I don't know, I think there's, there's something that happens way before then, where in a lot of jobs where you get offered salary, mm -hmm. like I know a lot of people who are wage workers who cannot wait to get on salary, and I'm just like, don't do it if you can avoid it by all means. Like take take mm. the hourly rate if you can. Mm. Take take your salary as an hourly rate. So that way, it's like your salary would be X dollars. Okay, cool. Just divide that by the number of working hours in a year minus my vacation days mm -hmm. or however many holidays slash sick days I would already get because you still get those yeah. when you're hourly. Most of in, in some places anyway. And just take that you're offer. You're not being paid for those hours. But if you take those off of there and calculate that into your computed hourly rate, then you get the equivalent. Yeah. Exactly. And then, uh, yeah. And then do that. Yeah, don't take an overall pay cut just to be on salary. No, don't. That's a bit do silly. Um, How many days are you going to take off? You know, like really before the boss starts getting upset at you anyway. You know, yeah. it's not worth it. Because, yeah, salary doesn't mean that you can just show up whenever you feel like and still get paid. No, you still have to show up to work. Right. Yeah, you're going to get fired if you don't show up and do your and, job. Yeah. And even worse, your boss is still going to ask you to stay late. Now you just don't get paid for it. Right. Yeah. There's no concept of overtime now. That's the thing. Yeah. Which is what, yeah. So I'm on, I'm a salaried employee, yep. but if my boss asks me to stay late and do overtime, he better have, he better have a real good reason for that. Like, okay. The contract with the customer is on the line. If you don't do this. Okay, fine. Maybe I'll think about doing that. Right. Right. I'd still like to get paid from extra time. Even if it's not time and a half. Right, but, now, but I'm weighing the cost and benefits, right? Of Okay, hmm, I can sacrifice a few hours of my weekend or whatever to work on this thing because we're, it's coming up due on Monday or whatever, and we're not ready yet. Um, 
versus, okay, well, if I don't do this, the client is going to fire us and I might have to look for a new job anyway. And that would suck. Which is also going to take a few hours of my weekend or several weekends. <laughs> right. And if it happens infrequently enough, it works out. But if it starts happening more and more frequently, it's like, I might just start looking for another job anyway. Right. Yeah. Generally, my policy is after five o'clock, it's my time and you need to leave me alone. Yeah. Yep. Um, we have strayed a bit from the we topic. Have. Um, that's okay. That's what we do here in the show. Um, leadership. <laughs> it's one of those powerful words. It is one of those powerful words. Um, integrity, leadership, integrity, <laughs> leadership. <laughs> um, leadership seminars are stupid. Yes. The end. Leadership. <laughs> Just, um. Now, when I said leadership is a skill, I did mean it, but most people who teach leadership seminars have not led anyone do anything. No, they're a bunch of scam artists. Yeah. Which then again, which think, also is a skill, by the way, it, it is a skill and also defrauding people. <laughs> it's a very similar skill to being a leader, actually. Yes. Um, and I think a lot of people in leadership positions suffer from severe um, imposter syndrome mm -hmm. and that makes you all kinds of vulnerable to frauds and con artists and snake oil salesmen. You haven't heard of the Ferris wheel method. I, I just, the, the word, Are you method. even a leader. Um, wow. Is that a real thing or did you just make that I up? I just made that up. Yeah. Okay. Cause it, it sounds, sounds like real. Doesn't real it thing, yeah. <laughs> Have you heard of the shoots and ladder method? <laughs> oh God. No, I've got to, I got to get my boss to pay for this and your, your boss. It, at some point, I sincerely wonder how high the chain of incompetence goes. Like, is there a CEO out there who gets told by some shift manager they need to go to shoots and ladder method training so they can know how to lead their group better and the CEO approves of it and then also signs up for it because they are afraid they're going to be left out in the wind? Like, oh God, I can't stand it. <laughs> stand it um, yeah but why do we have them then if it's like i guess back to the original thing why can't we all just do our jobs and then not have to have this person what are they really good for because they do they do serve one critical person purpose in which you are you should be glad they exist you mean leaders yes bosses type leaders and yes and, uh, they are liability sponges they are that is kind of your main job as a leader is to take the, fall. the fall guy yeah yep when something because you're the one who promised to be able to get this group of schmucks to do it <laughs> yep and if they don't you can maybe make their heads roll but not but if you but yours is probably going to roll first yeah and that's and i know it doesn't seem that way to a lot of folks who maybe have like a really stuck up manager at work it's kind of like you know there's a lot there's a parallel here the relationship between Workers and their bosses is very similar to the relationship between renters and their landlords. It is very similar, yeah. Yes. So people resent their landlords, a lot of folks do anyway, um, without realizing the role that they are providing to you in that they're liable for everything that happens to the place that you're renting. Yeah. Right. Now, obviously, if you go in there and destroy some stuff, you're going to be responsible for that. But when expensive damage happens to that place that's not your fault... That's not your financial problem. Yep. Um, but people don't think about that. They just think about, oh, the landlord is just this greedy guy who takes my money for graciously giving me a place to live. Does he think he's better than me? 
Well, no, it, you're just two different sides of our risk benefit equation. Yeah. But same thing with the boss. Yeah. Like, does the boss think he's better than me? He just tells me what to do. He doesn't ever do anything. Um, and just make, and probably makes more money than me or whatever. Um, but, but no, he's taking the risk. Yeah. You, the greatest, the greatest risk you have for not getting the job done is losing your job. But your boss may have a lot more on the line than that. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it could be a matter of like legal liability. Your boss could end up in legal trouble for you not completing the job on time for failure to meet a contract or whatever. Um, or it could be deeper financial problems. Like if you're if you're at a small business and your boss is actually the owner of the company, you know you might lose your job, but your boss might lose his house, right? <laughs> to pay off the creditors that he's indebted to for running the business. Yeah, and I think the worst leaders are the ones who don't have that liability, mm-hmm. um, because they're the ones who just let they really are ride. just bosses. Yeah, yeah. And I think those are the bosses you 100% could eliminate. Like I feel like you could walk into any company. Like if, if it was my job to be like a management consultant to go into a company and say, okay, how can we cut the fat? I go, cool. So how many of these people, uh, who's like, go down the list of things that could happen and whose fault is it? And anybody whose name is not mentioned, it c- can go because they're not doing anything. They're not responsible for anything. And I think that, um, you know, at the, at the end of the day, thing that makes it probably also a little less obvious is that your manager is going to take actions and make heads roll before the problem happens to stave off their own liability. So that's why it may not seem like they're going to absorb very much liability, but just because they fired somebody doesn't mean the job is magically going to be done now. No, that actually just created more work. Yeah, they have that's and that's also why managers don't just fire people all the time. They they have yeah, to replace you. Yeah, that's part of the stereotype of a boss is that they just fire people on a whim, but they actually don't want to do that. It costs money to fire somebody. Yep, because it costs money to hire somebody. Yeah, too. you have to replace them and then onboard them, and train them. Yeah, and that's that's a whole thing. Yep. Um, and in a lot of businesses, the margins are so thin that that's really costly to do. Mm-hmm. Um, like you, you, and that's why I think a lot of people can get away with so much slacking at work too, because you, if you really want to think about what the absolute minimum you can do at a company is, it's cost the company so like in total just slightly less than the amount of money the company makes for you being in that position that's that's ideal for you if you really want to be a professional slacker do the bare minimum uh that they won't replace you for um the trick is to make sure that you don't spread that to other people because if everyone starts slacking then they're going to go to the source and cut you first and that'll get everyone else back in line um but if you can isolate yourself, you'll be fine. And I think that's kind of part of also why there's such a push to get everybody to quote, quote, be a part of the company culture and work together. It's because those people stick out like sore thumbs when you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I think, you know, bringing it over from last week, a lot of this air quotes company culture bull is it's it's manipulation and propaganda on a company level to get you to do the things that they want you to do for free. Well, or do more for less money. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to ask you to do more work, um, but I'm but not just because it's part more. of the culture, not because right. I'm actually giving you a financial incentive to do that. Yeah. Yep. Well, and then that's where things like exposure and opportunity, mm-hmm. those things you can't pay your mortgage with, right? 
<laughs> you know? <laughs> that is my favorite thing. My favorite favorite meme about artists yeah. getting paid in exposure. Oh, yeah. yeah. I call my landlord. He says he doesn't accept those forms of payment, so I think I'm just going to stick with cash. Thank you. <laughs> um... Maybe you can like put my face on the moon or something like that. That's the kind of exposure that I could go for. <laughs> Never to work again. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I it I think everybody should try. If anybody who's upset about a manager or a boss or a leader I, I think you should really try doing it first and, and you can try it out for free. There are tons of like clubs and groups and orgs that nobody seems to want to be the president or the treasurer or the no. historian of. No one wants to do that for free. Why is that? If people are paying money to be in this club, but no one's willing to just lead that club for free. Well, because the leader doesn't just get to take that money. <laughs> well, no, but, but it's the same thing. It's the, it's the same as being a boss. You know, um, and there's just a lot of stress that goes along with it too. And, and don't be wrong. I'm not saying you might do that and go, yeah, I did it. It's not that hard. My boss sucks. And you might just be right. Cause there are a lot of really crappy bosses out there, but that's also, I think, because there really isn't a standardized way of measuring like a lot of these things as well, either. It's any boss. I don't know. I guess it's similar to, to other places. Like you'll be judged by your peers. But when there's only one boss, there's not a peer to judge them against. It's only the last boss and the next boss to judge mm -hmm. them against, you know? And maybe that's what makes it easier for crappy bosses to stay in positions long enough, you know? Um, so, so what we're saying is there should be term limits on, on boss term <laughs> limits on bosses. <laughs> Um, no, I don't think that should be a thing. <laughs> he says being a boss. Well, no, hear me out. Like I've had bosses that I've wanted to stay my boss before. Yeah, that's true. Cause I think for every story out there about a crappy boss, there are also good bosses. Yeah. People have stories about being a good boss. And that's another insecurity that a lot of, especially younger bosses have. They want to be a good boss. They really do. And they're kind of naive about what it means to be a good mm -hmm. boss. Like they want to be a, they want to be a good boss, but they end up being the cool boss. And that's not what you want to that be. That is not a good boss. It's like being a parent. There's good parents and then there's cool parents. Cool parents are usually not good parents. No, yeah. no, they're not. <laughs> good parents. Not to say that the best parents are the least cool ones, but no, there's a, there's, there's a, a middle ground there that is acceptable. But yeah. yeah. Being the cool parent who lets your kid do whatever is how you end up with a very obnoxious child. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or in jail. It just depends. Well, <laughs> there's a fine line between those. There's this fine line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever had a cool boss? Have ever had a cool boss? No. Have you, okay. Have you, ever, have you ever had anybody who talked about having a cool boss? I don't think so. I had a cool boss once. It was terrible. <laughs> Nobody did anything. And those of us who did do work, you know, because I feel like some people just haven't gotten over the sins of the father who was out there making someone else a lot of money. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, um, so we just can't help but like do something. Uh, 
end up taking on the responsibility of multiple other people so that not everyone, including you, gets fired. But it's just a hole you dig yourself in. It sucks. Um, have you ever had a bad boss? Ever had a bad boss? No. Okay. You got it. My bosses good. have all been okay. Okay. They've been very okay bosses. And I think that's what you should try to strive for. I think if you're a boss, is to be an okay boss. You know. You ever had anyone tell you nightmare stories about a bad boss? Yeah. I don't know that I can remember them off the top of my head. Yeah. What do you think are like the characteristics of a bad boss? When I think about bad bosses, most of the stories that I think it's like bosses with unreasonable demands. Mm, yeah. Um you know asking people like like demanding overtime that was never agreed upon or um I don't know, yeah, things like that. You usually revolving around overtime or or the schedule in some way. Yeah. Let's let's take an example moment. Or that... bosses with inappropriate advances. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's yeah. That's a very bad kind of boss. <laughs> yep. They even made a movie about that. It's called Horrible Bosses. Hmm. Don't recommend it. It wasn't that good. Yeah, I've never heard of it until now. Um. So let's take an example of something that can happen. So you're at work. You're doing. You're working on a project at your job, and something goes sideways, you know, you uncover a hidden constraint and it's a big one and it's going to cost a lot of extra time and money to fix and you tell your boss about it. There are, what are some good ways and some bad ways that a boss can handle that, you think? Like, like good, like best good, bad, ugly ways to handle coming up on a deadline? Well, coming up on a deadline with a, newly discovered constraint that mm. is going to com add complexity and mean that you're going to miss the deadline unless actions are taken um, because of this un newfound constraint best good bad and ugly ways to handle that from a bot from a boss you think well okay if we're talking about best boss then we're taking we're thinking about this from the perspective of the team member yeah, not not cool boss isn't on the scale, you know. Well, no, no, no. I wasn't thinking about that, but so best possible thing is renegotiate with the customer <laughs> to try to get the deadline pushed back. Like, hey, you've thrown this constraint at us. Um, let's be reasonable here. Well, let's say that it wasn't like the customer adding the constraint. Mm. You don't know where the constraint came from. You just, someone discovered it one day. Mm. So either they told you about it and it wasn't captured or. Okay. Either way, same thing. Yeah. Best outcome is inform the customer. Change the And deadline. get some lenience and change the deadline. Yeah. That's that, that the best possible outcome is no one's life has to change really. We're just going to be doing this for a little bit longer. Um, I guess good outcome. Hmm. Hmm. I mean. Obviously, overtime is going to be involved if you're going to meet the deadline. So, I mean, I don't know. That sounds that sounds like a pretty sticky situation. Yeah, it's too, it's kind of it's kind of too abstract for me to think of. Or what's the worst situation? I guess let's start with the good and the ugly, the best and the ugly. What's the ugly way this gets resolved? 
of thinking about how bad this could possibly go. I mean, whip comes down off the wall. Like, oh God, oh God. <laughs> maybe not that bad. Maybe not like literal crimes bad, but <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, yeah, it can, it can range all the way from unreasonable demands to, well, I guess, I guess actually acting on the threat of unreasonable demands um, firing people for something that was completely out of their control, asking them to do overtime and then firing those who don't because they were the ones who were incompetent and only keeping the ones who kowtowed to commands, I think is like the worst you could go. Right. So you're firing people who did nothing wrong and only keeping people who cowered to your advances. Right. I think bad is just making threats and then letting the deadline eventually run out and then just cramming it until it finishes being upset the whole time. I feel like good would be, it's the middle ground between just renegotiating the deadline. It's I'm offering overtime to meet. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Negotiate. Yeah. If you work overtime and we get this on time, I'll give you a bonus. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm going to incentivize you to do it this way because we're going to eat it. Like, you know, because we were going to lose this contract anyway. So it's costing me this money anyway. So I might as well give it to you. Yeah. And I think therein lies, I think the worst thing about being a boss is the best scenario is nothing changes. Mm-hmm. You really can't do a whole lot to really make things better. You can really only keep them the same or make them worse for your employees. And that I think is the really sucky thing about being a I boss. I mean, yeah, your your job as a boss is to keep the machine moving. Yes. And uh that's and we just talked about that from the perspective of the employee up to the boss there's another he has a boss too in some cases you know like mm-hmm. imagine you own the business what do you want your manager to do again best outcome renegotiate the deadline right nothing changes oh, yeah i know that but, i mean I, I don't mean in this specific instance in the specific instance i really mean more like generally what do owners expect of managers and bosses well to get it done on time yeah. because make me as much money as possible well okay yeah okay that, yeah because assuming we we measured the time out and everything because that was an optimal that was the most optimal outcome in which we made the most money that we could without losing the job mm-hmm. right so yeah okay yeah I, I see what you mean now yeah yeah i hired you to keep my machine working that prints money for me um and you didn't you're an even better manager if you can make it print more money somehow without costing me more money mm-hmm. like and see, that's, I think, and also another sticky thing is that sometimes some of the worst bosses get to survive and go to higher places because they, they're willing to sacrifice things like that to make mm-hmm. the boss more money. Yeah. They're willing to sacrifice your time to make their boss some more money. Some of you money. may die, but that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. <laughs> yeah. And so it, that's a tough thing because... There's really not a whole lot of good incentives for good bosses beyond just wanting to be a good person mm-hmm. and doing the right thing. I mean, arguably, long-term reduction of turnover can play out. In- I was going to say that, that yeah, that's the thing is that, our, yeah, long-term, the satisfaction of your employees is actually important to the produ- to the productivity of your business. Yeah, I mean, well, if we're talking about leadership as a skill, like getting people to do things for you, well, a good way to get people to do things for you is for them to want to do things for you. Yeah. And if they hate your guts, they don't want to do things for you. <laughs> right. Like, 
there's a weird capital i think that good bosses kind of have of like so and so wants to go fishing this weekend and take off early on friday on paper any boss should never let that happen because that's costing the company money presumably well maybe depends maybe. on if they're paid hourly or not they're paid hourly no problem i mean the, the the major downside to that is that now you're putting more load on the rest of the employees who are there it's bad yeah because yeah. more loads there the, the thing is is that the hours that you've projected but then are the, not being spent. The, the employee the other employees might be angry that there's more load but they're going to be angry at that employee for slacking for leaving early right but, but that's still a you problem to deal with yes yeah yeah like, yeah, yeah you're going to have to moderate how often that can happen or else the employees are just going to resent that person start asking for raises and be like you yeah know. yeah um but even even if they weren't mad at that person even if no one else took off it's still going to cost you in the deadline someone's gonna have to pick up the slack for the overtime or work harder you know it, it's a cost it employees not working on time that you expected them to be working is always a cost mm -hmm. and the only way you can fix that is to budget in waste that you can spend but you have to somehow make sure that your boss doesn't find that out because any other manager that would take your place could take that away and be in a better position than you right so you have to be very delicate about how you do it but that what that buys you is favors mm -hmm. and realistically i think that's like the biggest currency bosses deal in is favors look i, right, need you I let you go early on friday so you could go fishing right month but, later but today you know johnny's sick so i need you to come in even though you weren't scheduled for today yep yeah and if you are good at managing favors you'll do all right the problem is is how if your boss lets you go early on a friday how long are you going to remember that that was a thing that they did for you mm. i don't know not very long i right. bet and also the thing is is you don't actually have to do things that often i feel like i feel like you just have to establish that that is a thing that you do even if you don't actually deliver on it that often um i don't know like it you just have to build that trust up to get them to the point where they will just do things for you knowing that if it really if the chips really were down they would side with you on it i don't know and, and that's and that's tough because there's man that is a market that is not like any other market favors expire i guess it is kind of like some market it's like dealing in milk <laughs> it spoils so fast and there's so many things that can be wrong with it and there's not a whole lot you can do with it but there are some cool things you can do with it you know it's all about timing though and i think that's the hard part so just remember that kids if your boss ever offers to let you go home early on a friday and you think that's wow super cool he's it's buying, a bargaining chip yeah he is minting bargaining chips for you to do that and if you want to take his job mention it to his boss and you can flip it on him and take it if you're one of my employees please don't do this <laughs> if you like going home early on fridays <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah that's it's all it is is you're minting bargaining chips and i feel like that's you know taking it back to last week's topic a little bit the company culture topic that wasn't last week's topic prior topic company culture <laughs> i think this is why the statement that company cultures come from the top is absolutely true um, because your boss is going to behave how he's treated and all the way down. Like all it takes is one crappy boss for everyone under that person in the org chart to have a crappy life. Mm -hmm. Because unless you have a exceptionally good boss that is actually an umbrella for the crap onto their team. 
which is even rarer than just an okay boss, you know? Um, and yeah, and that's, it's poor leadership, but it's called for in the situation. And I know there's a lot of people that think that the economic systems that we have encourage this behavior. I don't think so. Any good, I think any organization that creates places where there can be crappy people that lead other people is just going to have some crappy people in it. I mean, it's, it's inevitable. Um, and I don't think that you can like, I don't think an economic system in and of itself really cares about that. It's more of a cultural thing. Um, you know, and I think that we can see it in different cultures, the relationship between an employer and, and their employees, bosses and subordinates, you know, it plays out differently in different cultures. Um, but I think ultimately what it means to be a, a good leader though, is maybe kind of beyond cultures. Um, although the methods employed may be unique to the culture, right? Like I think some cultures do appreciate more, I think some cultures appreciate like the quote strong man boss, right? Mm -hmm. Cultures that are very like collectivist in nature and there's a common sense of shared pride, you know? Um, I think Japan and Germany be kind of like this, you know, th there's just an inherent pride in doing a good job. They will appreciate more stringent managers that eke out little bits more efficiency by working people harder that's a good boss mm. you know um but other cultures will see that as borderline tyrannical right you know where a good boss is one that like prioritize like we're getting up on time but I, I i'll take it back to this one thing so have you ever had a grandparent talk to you about a time when their boss came over for dinner no See, but have you heard about this from anyone else? No. Okay, so my, I've had grandparents talk to me before about this. So um, I had a grandfather who is a union man, right? Like he worked the same company forever. And it was not uncommon for the boss to occasionally kind of invite themselves over drop for dinner. Drop in for dinner? No, 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 no. It would be planned. Well, yeah, not literally drop in, but. Right. Um, but they would be like, hey, well. I think this has been a great thing. You're a good employee. Say, why don't I bring my wife Jenny over and he knows your wife's name and we can have dinner sometime. And that's like an honorable thing is mm -hmm. how it was seen. And my, I remember my grandmother saying how she like went all out to prepare like a very special meal because they really wanted to like impress, impress the, the boss. boss. Yeah. Hmm. And, and, but there's a reason it wasn't just make the boss happy you had to show that you had a very stable and happy home life. Yes. Because if you had a happy, stable home life, that it directly translates to how good of a worker you are in the conventional sense. Like, cause you're essentially demonstrating you have something to lose. You have something to work for. And those are things that are important in a good employee. They can't be aimless. They can't, you know, especially if they're considering you for a promotion. Like that's always a thing that kind of was discussed too around this is that if you were kind of being considered for a promotion, the boss would come over to your house for dinner. You wouldn't go to his house for dinner, which is weird mm -hmm. um, that they wouldn't just invite you over. No, 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 no. They would expect, they would ask you to invite them over for dinner. 
It's just a weird thing. I don't know how common that is, but I've seen it in movies and TV shows from more their decade. Like, mm-hmm. um, things like the Andy Griffith show and stuff like that. It was always considered like a big deal when the boss is coming over for dinner and you got to, you know, put your clean shoes on, get the fine china out, you know, get the dishes that are in this weird cabinet. And the man, what a, what a concept. Can we, do we have enough things like that to do an episode on useless stuff? We keep around the house. That is a good episode topic. <laughs> useless things to keep in the house. Fine china. Step one. Here, like, very expensive plates that we're not allowed to eat on. Except when the boss comes over or the president or some or, or Christmas, you know, maybe, maybe if family's coming over, like, and even then, if only the certain family members, the if, more desirable family members, yeah, if it's the cousins from Tallahassee, then no, we're getting paper plates because those <laughs> animals don't know how to use fine china anyway. <laughs> yeah, actual silverware. Yeah, silver silverware. Yes. Yeah. Now that would be a good topic. Make sure you put that on the list because otherwise, we are definitely gonna forget. Yeah, bosses. It's a weird thing. Leadership. It's an interesting thing. Um, I don't know. I I think it's one of those things that when you're, I guess, to summarize up this episode, when you're young, it seems like it's what you want to be. But I think most people, well, some people figure out that it's not all it's cracked up to be. Other people have a weird respect for it out of nowhere because they want to be it. And uh, in actuality, everybody's somebody. Everybody has a leader. You know. At the end of the day, somebody always has a boss. Mm-hmm. There's very, very few people without a boss. And even if you decide that you're going to move off in the middle of nowhere and be your own boss, you find out that nature's your boss mm-hmm. um, and you're helpless against its struggle. So you might as well just give in. So very dark, depressing episode, I suppose, <laughs> there on Philosophers. Um, do you have anything I missed in that summary? Um, I, I guess uh, as, a, as a closing thing, and w- which is related to the last thing that you said, um, a, a proverb uh I, I i'm curious your opinion on this proverb okay every problem is ultimately a management problem hmm it's interesting yes i don't know that i agree right but in general that's usually you true. can't you can usually find a manager who's at fault for something yeah yeah there's definitely edge cases though but oh yeah oh i guess for every problem there could be a manager to blame. Mm-hmm. It's probably a, yeah, that's absolutely true. <laughs> Philosophers. Philosophers. If you like the music in this episode, please check out Jippy on Bandcamp at jippy.bandcamp.com. Philosophers is supported by viewers like you. If there's a topic you'd like us to discuss, or a topic you'd like to see revisited in the future, please let us know by contacting us using the methods in the description, or in the comments below. Thank you for listening.